You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We're not there yet, but we're getting closer. We are moving towards a post-pandemic world. And the question for the day is, when we get there, will we be going back to the movies? When theaters were forced to shut down a year ago, many of us questioned if they'd ever reopen. Studios turned to streaming services to make up for the loss in ticket sales because they had no other choice. Now theaters are starting to open their doors. So what's going to happen to movies and movie going? Joining us to discuss is Vox film critic Alyssa Wilkinson. Hey, good to be here. Thank you for coming. Let's talk about the film industry's perspective, then let's talk about what it means for for viewers. Um, I know the film industry did not want a pandemic, just like the rest of us. That said, um, how, how did they do over the last year? How did how did how did the industry fare? So it's been a rough year in Hollywood. Um, box office receipts obviously were way 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 down. Um, theaters were open some places, but not in major markets. There was a bounce in drive-ins uh, over the summer, which was kind of exciting and seems like it it might persist. It's like the vinyl records of 2020. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a drive-in is a really fun way to see a movie, and I think that actually points to how theaters might reconceive of themselves. I saw Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, uh, in Brooklyn in my car. It was great. See, that's just so fun. I went and saw an art documentary and a drive-in, and I was like, why don't we see more movies like mm-hmm. this? Um, so yeah, drive-ins bounced up a little bit. And one f- sort of odd and maybe serendipitous thing that happened was that even before the pandemic, there was a plan for many different studios to release their own streaming services. You know, Paramount Plus, HBO Max, all of these services were on their way already. And so the studios have been kind of forced into testing out different models that Maybe they wouldn't have experimented so much, but they've had that opportunity now. So I think the one of the major events in the last year uh, within the industry was in December of last year, Warner Media said all of the 17 movies that were, we were going to put in theaters in 2021, you're now going to be able to stream for no additional charge on HBO Max on the day that they either do show up in theaters or maybe they won't show up in theaters at all. Um, I talked to Jason Kyler, the, the CEO of Warner Media for Recode Media Podcast, which is out today. Um, and after some hemming and hawing, I got him to confirm that next year they're sort of going back to a version of normal um, for at least for the big blockbusters, the DC movies, things with monsters and special effects. You're going to have to go see those in theaters again. Now, when they came out with this announcement back in December, they said that we're doing this on behalf of the fans. The suggestion was this is what people wanted to do. Do we know if people want to see movies, big, especially big spectacle movies in movie theaters versus at home? What Did we learn anything about the home streaming experience in the last year? So it's clear that some people do, right? There are fans who are going to watch a movie however it's available to them. Um, And if it's not available in a theater, they still want to see it. Um, 
I think, for instance, of all of the Marvel content that Disney pumps out, um, it may not be a movie, it might be a TV show, but there's going to be a built-in audience for that no matter where it is. Uh, the HBO example is an interesting one. Like There are some movies that hit HBO Max that nobody seems to have talked about. Um, some of them, critics would say, weren't very good. <laughs> some mm-hmm. of them might be. We're still kind of waiting for the big ones. Um, but of course, the, the test case wound up being Godzilla versus Kong, uh, which was planned for theaters and HBO Max at the same time and ended up making a ton of money in theaters. Just just last week. It did very just well. Just last week, yeah. right? And it opened in the U.S. to $50 million in its opening weekend, which is not a huge opening for a movie like that under normal circumstances. But the fact that most movie theaters that even are open in the U.S. right now are open at maybe 25% capacity, this means people really wanted to go see this movie. And when you talk spectacle movie, that's what Godzilla versus Kong is. It is a blast of a movie. Absolutely, I wish I had seen it on an IMAX screen. Like, I may go back and see it at a movie theater just because I enjoyed it so much. But it is the apex of spectacle cinema. And that kind of thing, I think, is always going to do fairly well in a theater. Again, for the same reason that I said before about drive-ins, people want to go out for the evening A movie might be a little expensive, but it's going to be the cheapest way to go out and do an activity. And you'll have fun doing it. And eventually you might eat some popcorn, too. So you you watched it at home. You might want to go see it in a theater. Mm -hmm. Presumably there are people who went to the theater who could have watched it at home on HBO Max. I tried to get Jason Coward to talk about what that overlap would be. I'm not sure he knows himself. I guess my other thought about about Godzilla versus King Kong, which is a funny thing to say on a podcast, (laughs) is I do wonder how much of that that audience last week was people who wanted to go see that movie in a movie theater or people who just said, I've been waiting to see a movie in a movie theater for a year. I'll go see anything, yes. basically. Right. And and, wh- and whether we'll see that continue sort of throughout the year. Right. And it's hard to say because this is a franchise movie with familiar characters that have fans to begin with. Um, it's full of movie stars. And you're right. There is this feeling of like, I need to get out of the house. Maybe I like got my vaccine shot or I'm Mm -hmm. halfway there or I feel okay about it. But in some ways, I think that that effect may last for quite a while. And, you know, you could compare it to other movies that are in movie theaters right now, a lot of which are like Oscar Best Picture nominees. Those are seeing some bumps as well, uh, which is typical for a Best Picture nominee. But this year, people say, oh, I haven't seen Nomadland yet. I'll go see it at a theater. That That's available to them. And I personally wonder if actually the pandemic taught people that they don't want to see every movie at home, that they actually enjoy seeing some kinds of movies on the big screen. Yeah. You know, sometimes when something's taken away from you, that's when you learn that you really wanted it. So we're recording this in April of 2021. So um, we don't know what the future is going to look like, but let's guess anyway. When we get back to whatever is going to be normal, say next fall, certainly a year from now, what does movie going look like then? Is it back to where we were in 2019 and you go see big movies in big theaters and and you got to wait X number of days or months if you want to see it at home or, or is there a new paradigm? So there definitely will be a new paradigm of some kind. The different studios have been striking different deals with the big theater chains like Regal and Cinemark and AMC to shorten the window between theatrical release and 
when it appears on their streaming service or a streaming service. So for most people, there has been a 90-day window. If you didn't go see a movie that opened uh, in the spring in the theaters, then you had to wait till the summer to rent it or... And even if you didn't know the 90 days, you sort of intuitively realized, I'll see this later somewhere. Yeah, you kind of knew it would be there, but it's going to be long after people have seen it and talked about it. Um, And you might even be concerned about, I don't know, spoilers or something like that. You might think, I need to go to the theater and see this now, because if I don't, I won't be part Mm -hmm. of the conversation. Um, That will still be true, but the conversation window is kind of shortening. And you might be able to see it in two and a half weeks or in a month. And this might give people who don't go to the movie theaters or can't go to movie theaters or prefer not to go to movie theaters or just aren't near movie theaters the feeling of being closer to the theatrical release window. Um, And I think the other thing we might see, and we'll see, we've been talking about this for years, even pre-pandemic, is a pivot towards theaters thinking more about the experience in the theater. Yeah, and the theaters companies generally don't love to put a lot of money into their business. So nope. we'll see. As as someone who likes going to movies and thinks about movies, your job is to think and, and watch, uh, think about movies and watch them. Um, and you like big movies and you like the Nomad Lands. How do you feel about all this shaking out? Do you think we're in a better place next year? Is this better for movies and movie going altogether? Or is this not ideal? I do think that having been stuck not going to theaters for a year is a really stark example of why people go to theaters. That attention that movie theaters make us pay to what's on the screen, the feeling of being smaller than what's on the screen, just the ideal circumstances in which to concentrate on a story and be absorbed by it and absorbed into it. It's so hard to replicate that at home. I'm not saying it's impossible. Certainly people do it. You can get used to it. But there's an idea that now that we've been sitting on our couches watching streaming things, we'll just never go back. And I just I can't even imagine that. To me, that's like saying, well, now that you can listen to a record, you're never going to want to go to a concert again. And I just don't think it's it's going to happen. So for me, that's the good part. Um, Economically, they're fighting. They were already fighting for viability before the pandemic. And what could happen is that we see a chain go down. Um, We could see a benefit to independent theaters that curate their programs for their individual communities. But they're going to have to be able to come back from this. And right now, they're operating at a loss. We'll see what comes of that. Alyssa Wilkinson is the film critic and culture reporter for Vox. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you. If you happen to be listening to this on Thursday, April 8th, and you want to hear me talk some more, you're in luck. I'll be talking about the podcast Land of the Giants. Our newest season is out now. It's about the history and possible future of Google. I'll be in conversation with the host of that series, Shireen Ghaffari, and other Recode reporters, including Jason Del Rey and Ronnie Mola. We'll be on Twitter Spaces starting at 5 o'clock Pacific time and Clubhouse at 5.30. So there's a lot of us streaming coming to you right now. Thanks again. <laughs>